him with those eyes and she's loving him with that body i just know it yeah and he's holding her in his arms late late at night you know i wish that i had jesse's girl i wish that i had jesse's girl why can't i find a woman like that this is the intergalactic boombox i'm kyle abear a lot of the Dragon Ball Z cast and myself will be attending the FanCon KameyaCon July 9th through 11th in Dallas at the Delta Hotel by Marriott. It'll be a Super Saiyan size party. My question of the week was, is a podcast still a podcast if it's behind a paywall? Adam Curry, the podfather, the creator of podcasting as we know it, believes that the actual definition of a podcast is a free distributed RSS feed. Whereas something like Joe Rogan's show on Spotify, an exclusive, should not be called a podcast. Or anything like you watch on YouTube shouldn't be called a podcast. Mitch over at Podverse, one of the awesome, amazing third-party apps at newpodcastapps.com that support the Podcasting 2.0 protocol and the value-for-value model where you can stream micropayments as you listen. Check the show notes, please. Mitch says, yeah, as long as you can listen to a podcast in any app, it's less a matter of free versus paid and more. Is it available everywhere? Invisible Fly 21 says, I think a podcast is only a podcast when there's essentially only audio content. I think live stream podcasts can pass as still podcasts since the focus is on what the hosts are saying without heavily relying on any visual props. I think when you start relying on visual props and or audience interaction and or specifically live streaming videotaping, you've gone from podcast to talk show. Kaiser the Advisor says, if it has audio and mostly involves discussing topics without need for visual material, it's a podcast. Breaks says a podcast to me is just audio where members discuss various topics. And Costin81 says to me, a podcast is a discussion of various topics without visuals, just audio. I think even if it requires some kind of payment, as long as it's in the the same format, it's still a podcast. To me, it's not a matter of whether it's paid or free, kind of like what Mitch at Podverse is saying. It's just that people need a buzzword to understand what it is. It's on-demand talk show in MP3 format, whether you access it freely or you pay a premium. There are what people refer to as video podcasts. I think it's dorky that podcasting is called podcasting, named after an iPod, which we are several generations of tech removed from now. I bet today's kids don't even know what a pod refers to. They know what an iPad is and an iPhone, but an iPod? Not exactly as mainstream anymore. If anything, it's a nostalgia bomb. So calling a podcast after iPods used to cause confusion because they think, oh, a podcast means you have to have an iPod to play it. So it's catering to Apple fanboys. And that was controversial, right? You know, Apple versus Android. So to me, calling it podcast is a matter of convenience. And podcasting's definition is expanding with podcasting 2.0 and the micropayments with value for value. You could have musicians release albums as a podcast. Authors release audiobooks as a podcast. College lectures. I'm okay calling them podcasts, just out of convenience. If you want your reply read on next week's show, you got to answer the question of the week. And this week, the question is, what was your first video game console? 
Uh, back in the day, you know, was it in television? Atari? ColecoVision? Sega? Nintendo? Mine was an Atari 2600. My cousin had one. And then I saw it and like, oh my God, mom, dad, I want one. And this is like the early 80s. I remember the old Atari jingle on commercials on TV. It's like, have you played Atari today? And my dad would jokingly parody it and say, have you paid 150 today? Because it was $150 in the early 80s to own this console. And my first game was Pac-Man. It looked and sounded nothing like the arcade version, but it was still Pac-Man and you could play it at home. I even eventually got the world's worst rated video game of all time, E.T., the extraterrestrial. I played so many titles so many times, even though the graphics didn't even hold a candle to the amazing artwork of the packaging on the box or on the cartridges. Handheld stuff was years off. I think my brother got an Atari Lynx that you'd have to stick like double D batteries in and it would only work for like three or four hours. So what was your first video game console? I want to see your answers at Boombox Pod on Twitter and on my Discord, the Intergalactic Boombox. Yeah, discord.gg slash Kyle Abair. Or click on it in the show notes. Put your answer, and I could be reading it on next week's shoe. On last week's episode, during my Ryu is the Kevin Bacon of video game segment, uh, I incorrectly credited Monokuma as being from Persona when he is actually from Danganronpa. Oh, Captain, I think you lost some geek cred, homie. Yeah, I know. Well, how do I earn it back? We are going to have to throw sliced bologna all over you. Wait, what? Prepare for your punishment. Why? My bologna has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R. My bologna has a second name. It's M-A-Y-E-R. Oh, I love to eat it every day. And if you ask me what I'll say... Could you just not? Oscar Mayer has a way with B-O-L-O-G-N-A-E. What? E-E. Baloney. No, it's A. Well, that's how you say it. Baloney. What are you doing? Two E's. I don't know anyone that calls it Bologna. Except Weird Al. So I was doing show prep for the podcast and uh, came across a Cracked Magazine article about the origins of famous cartoon characters. And uh, I was just going to bullet point some of these and go over some that uh, have meant a lot to me through the years. First of all, Beavis and Butthead, created by Mike Judge, Eon Flux by Peter Chung, and an early version of Courage the Cowardly Dog by John Dilworth. All three of those were birthed on an MTV animated anthology show called Liquid Television. It showcased eclectic styles and cartoon shorts from numerous creators from around the world. It ran from 1991 to 95. Everyone knows SpongeBob SquarePants, but how many people know that Steven Hillenburg originally created the character as Bob the Sponge, a comic mascot found in the pamphlets for the Orange County Marine Institute? Pretty different from the pop culture icon generations know and love. How about Scott Pilgrim? Everyone's seen the movie, right? With uh, Michael Sarah. It was uh, originally Brian Lee O'Malley creating a six-volume comic book series long before the movie. 
The Simpsons, one of those iconic, longest-running cartoon shows in the history of man. Uh, Matt Groening first created those as commercial bumpers on a show called The Tracy Ullman Show. Back when dinosaurs roamed the Earth, these short little animated things were like just a few seconds long, and they were super weird, and the characters looked really radically different, and the voices were way different, too. Just search it up on YouTube, and you can see, whoa, someone was loopy on bus fumes. Some of the classic, iconic DC uh, superheroes from the Justice League appear as the Super Friends. They first appeared in animated form on Scooby-Doo, complete with the god-awful laugh track and horribly cheap animation. Back in the 60s, I do believe. Seth MacFarlane conceived Family Guy when studying animation at the Rhode Island School of Design. And it wasn't called Family Guy back then. Of course, it was very different, called The Life of Larry and a sequel, Larry and Steve featuring Larry as a man and his intellectual dog, Steve. The short debuted on Cartoon Network's world premiere tunes in 1997. And a personal fave here, the Animaniacs, who enjoyed a revival on Hulu this past year. Stellar. Oh my God, it's so awesome. Can't wait for the second season. Their origin goes back to the days of Tiny Toon Adventures in the early 90s, when Steven Spielberg was the executive producer and he was anxious to crank out another hit cartoon. So Tom Ruger, the producer, he has spitballed off of a Spielberg suggestion of a Plucky Duck spinoff. And he created a group of siblings whose look imitated 1930s anthropomorphized characters. Now, originally, it wasn't just Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. It was actually four of them, Yaki, Smacky, Wacky, and Dot. And Dot was named for the Dot in the abbreviated form of Brothers. Warner Brothers, B-R-O-S, Dot. What? Some characteristics were combined, and, you know, yakky, smacky, wacky got whittled down to yakko and wacko. I was in college when Animaniacs first dropped, and it continues to be a huge inspiration to me personally for the, the stellar voice talents, the comedic writing, the genius, uh, all this stuff that, like classic Warner Brothers Looney Tunes, stuff that would entertain the kids, and tons of jokes that went right over their heads, and the adults just loved it too. Stop what you're doing, because I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. Wait, who who are you? Narrator, the Magnificent. Oh, yeah, yeah, you make everything sound like a movie trailer. Ah. Well, well, great, because I was just going to mention that people need to check out the amazing trailer for Foundation. It's this new 10-episode series on Apple TV Plus coming in the fall, and it looks so epic. It's kind of a shame it's not on the big screen. Unless you happen to have like a 75-inch or bigger TV. But yeah, you should totally watch the trailer. I got a link in the show notes. Uh, narrator, let me guess, you want to narrate the trailer. A cunning host of a subpar podcast is seemingly smarter than he looks. Well, okay, sure. Why not? Just uh, spoilers, everybody. Uh, if you haven't seen the trailer, go watch the link and then come back, I guess. Or just skip ahead. Narrator, knock yourself out. <clears throat> In a world of awesome mobile and desktop wallpapers, one old man stares at himself as a fetus. Huh? From one of the visionary minds behind Batman Begins, Man of Steel, and the Blade Trilogy, where he totally didn't get along with Wesley Snipes when he was in the director's chair, but that's okay because the third one sucked anyway. That's a good point. Game of Thrones, in space, explosions, ships, war. A cityscape that sure looks a lot like Coruscant. Really? A library. Oh, wow. Yes, they still have those in the distant future. Based on the groundbreaking classic sci-fi novels by Isaac Asimov, an author that today's generation says, who? 
Okay, Boomer. A film that looks almost exactly like Denis Villeneuve's upcoming Dune adaptation, but without giant sandworms that look like buttholes. <laughs> but seriously, this show looks incredible. It really does. It really does. You can't save yourselves, but you can save your legacy and your money for that Apple TV Plus subscription. Foundation. Streaming September 24th. You know, honestly, that sounded more like a reaction video. Don't question my methods, Herbert. A-Bear. Kyle A-Bear. I'm an actor. And I actorate. That's totally not a word. Oh, gosh. Look at the time. It's not over till the fat dude sings. There's a Harvey Weinstein opera in the works. I'm a creep. I'm a widow. What the hell am I doing? Thanks for listening at Boombox Pod on Twitter, the Intergalactic Boombox at gmail.com. I'll catch you on the flippity floppity. <laughs>